BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. All-inclusive vacations make life easy with endless eats, bottomless drinks, and never-ending fun. So booking an all-inclusive vacation should be easy too, right? That's where Apple Vacations comes in. Book your all-inclusive getaway with Apple Vacations and receive exclusive perks at select resorts. You'll find the best deals at Ryu Hotels and Resorts in Mexico, the Caribbean, and Central America. And enjoy a selection of exclusive nonstop vacation flights. Turn on easy mode at applevacations.com or call your local travel advisor to get started. Visit applevacations.com or call your local travel advisor to get started. to enter the arena and join the battle to save America with your host, Sean Parnell. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Battleground Live. My name is Sean Parnell. I'm a combat veteran. I'm a New York Times bestselling author. But more than both of those things, I am simply a humble servant of America. And for those all of our new viewers from Red Voice Media, welcome to Battleground Live. It is awesome to have you here. This show is about one thing and one thing only, and that is about you know getting you the truth so that you can stand on the pillar of truth and fight back against the radical left. We cover the, st- the stories that most people in the mainstream media and in the corporate media and the fake news media don't cover because so often that is where the real stories lie. Uh, but more than both of those things, This show is about building a movement uh, to fight for and save this country, to make sure that our children and our children's children inherit a country and a nation that is free and rich with opportunity. And the Biden administration and these radical Democrats and these deep state Uh, These deep state actors, call them whatever you want, entrenched bureaucrats, they are diametrically opposed to our founding. They are diametrically opposed to what it means to breathe the free air, to live in the best nation on the face of the planet. So this show is about defending all of that. So welcome to Battleground Live, whether you're with Red Voice Media or you're part of Parnell's platoon, you're all welcome here. Um, And while I have you here right at the top of the hour. Make sure that if you're watching this video right now to like this video, Rumble notices that stuff. And if Rumble notices that stuff, the more likely it is that we get advertisers, the more advertisers we get, the more we can push this show out to more people. If you're watching on Red Voice Media's channel on Rumble, go ahead and subscribe to Battleground Live and Parnell's Platoon. The folks who are who are subscribed to Battleground Live, go ahead and subscribe to Red Voice Media. Because it's all about building a parallel economy and a parallel media to fight back against the radical left. So 
it's always best, as they say in combat, to have overlapping fields of fire. And that's exactly what we want to do. We want to support other great people in media who are doing great things. And Red Voice Media is just that. We're proud to be uh, in the 5 p.m. hour on that network as well. So this show is growing and none of it would be possible without you. Um, also want to thank the founding sponsor uh, of this show. It's called Deepwell Services. Uh, Deepwell Services is an amazing energy company. Uh, they're hiring right now. They've got locations all across the country. If you're looking for a job or your family member needs a job, you don't have to actually be out there on a well drilling for oil. They've got administrative administrative positions. They've got office positions. They've got marketing positions, whatever. Go to deepwellservices.com. They're hiring probably 60 more people before the end of the year. They're in a, a hell of a company filled with American patriots that love this country. So thank you to Deepwell Services for having faith in this program. We wouldn't be here were it not for you. Okay, let's get right to the top story. And I know many of you all that are in the live chat, we we jump on the live chat and we start talking about four o'clock, uh, about news of the day and about solving the problems of the world. At the top of everybody's mind right now is the is the speaker. <laughs> What's going on with the Speaker of the House and the chaos on Capitol Hill? And why aren't these 20 Republicans, why are they opposing Jim Jordan? And just all cards on the table, if I was sitting in the U.S. House of Representatives right now, I would be 100% a yes vote for Jim Jordan for Speaker of the House. I just need you all to know that. Okay. Now, what I'm going to try to do today at the top of this program is give you a little bit of insider baseball and how people think. Well, now you you might not agree with with what I'm saying. You might hate what I'm saying, but I want you to have the truth. I want you to I want you to know what's going on behind the curtain here. A couple of weeks ago, before I had my surgery, I told you that I was very, very, very afraid of what these eight Republicans were doing in the House of Representatives and deposing Kevin McCarthy. Not because I like Kevin McCarthy. If you've been paying attention to this program, I ran for Congress in 2020. He pulled funding from my race, okay? So there's no love lost between Kevin McCarthy and me. I'm not defending him, okay? I don't really care about any politician. I don't care because I frankly don't think that they care a lot about you. I care about you. I care about the truth. So I'm going to try to give you all angles of this thing. Uh, so I was very afraid of what Matt Gates was doing because it was a very risky play. Because right now, the, the majority, the Republican House majority is razor, razor, razor thin, which means that you have to have almost 100% consensus in your party to actually get anything done because the Democrats are pretty darn close in numbers to Republicans. And so I totally 100% supported, you know, all of the efforts that Matt Gates uh, took forth, especially on the initial vote for speaker. You remember when Kevin McCarthy was initially elected speaker of the House, went 16 rounds. Finally, he was elected. Matt Gates and his crew got some incredible concessions that I thought made the House of Representatives a more effective legislative body. Support that completely. But what I've said time and again on this program is just doing things because you're unhappy with someone without a plan. And in the military, I'm a military guy, okay, for those on Red Voice Media that are new to this program, served in combat in Afghanistan for 485 days, led an infantry platoon at the height of the hunt for bin Laden. Uh, one of the things that they teach you very early on in the military is you don't come with a criticism unless you actually have a recommendation a plan of action moving forward. And what my fear was, and every member of Parnell's platoon knows this, is that Republicans did not have a plan. 
So here we are going on three weeks since eight Republicans in the U.S. House of Representatives sided with 100 percent Democrats to depose Kevin McCarthy and whatever. I don't care. Uh, but what I outlined to you, OK, what I outlined to you all was three potential outcomes for this. OK, the first potential outcome is a great one. It's one that we all support. It's one that they're voting on right now. A, a, a potential speaker of the House that is more conservative than Kevin McCarthy. We have within our power and our ability to elect somebody that's more conservative. That would be a net win overall for all of us. The second course of action here is you end up with a real rhino. And by the way, I'm telling you, someone who's run for office twice, that term gets overused a lot. Like, for example, Thomas Massey is not a rhino. For, believe what you want about him. The guy is is in, incredibly, incredibly conservative. But my point is, we could have we could end up with a real rhino with the Dems are pushing for a bipartisan consensus candidate that would give concessions to Democrats like Ukraine funding in perpetuity in exchange for voting for a, a very moderate Republican for Speaker of the House. In fact, a good example of this today was you had Democrats echoing on Capitol Hill in interviews over and over again about how, you know, who would just be a great bipartisan consensus candidate for Speaker of the House, Liz Cheney. Now, I know that all of you watching this show likely just threw open your mouth a little bit when I said that. I kind of did as well. I'm kind of also happy that I didn't do that on camera. OK, but my point is, this is the game the Democrats are playing. Almost the, the moment that the motion to vacate was filed and Kevin McCarthy was removed, Hakeem Jeffries, who is the House minority leader, he's a Democrat, he's a radical Democrat, he's a, as the, ele as, as the Democrats like to call Republicans, Hakeem Jeffries is a, is an, a, an extreme insurrectionist election denier, but he almost immediately started putting out talking points about uh, extreme MAGA Republicans, it's time for pragmatic, moderate Republicans decide with us to come up with a consensus candidate. So that's going on even to this day. Okay, and it ain't going to take much to get there. And I'll tell you why in a second. But the third and the what they say in the military, the most deadly course of action, the course of action that scares me the most is that Republicans are so chaotic and cannot unite that you end up with an Akeem Jeffries speaker of the House, even though the Republicans are in the majority. This would be devastating. Is it too much to ask for me as again, uh, for those of you all who are new to this program, my mission, I personally believe that that the Democrat Party is an existential threat to America. My mission is to dismantle the Democrat Party because they are an existential threat to America. So just so you understand the lens that I'm looking at this through anything that detracts from that mission, I see as a distraction. By and large, I see this chaos on Capitol Hill as something that's unnecessary. And for those of you all, again, I'm not defending Kevin McCarthy. You won't hear that from me. Again, I'm a yes vote on Jim Jordan all day long. Okay, but what people in conservative media are telling you or what people in the grassroots who I talk to these folks in the grassroots every day. You want to know why? I love the grassroots. I'm a member of the grassroots. I volunteer for campaigns, local, state and federal. I get it. But what people, what the grassroots are saying is that Kevin McCarthy works with Democrats behind closed doors. He's a horrible rhino that's terrible and evil, and we need to give a motion to vacate. And that's why these eight Republicans are heroes. Well, let me ask you a question.
It's rhetorical, but not saying that you're going to agree with me, but I at least want you to have the facts so that you can make decisions on your own. This question, and the question is as follows. If Kevin McCarthy was really, truly a rhino that was working to accomplish Democrat initiatives behind the scenes, then why did the Democrats universally in the House of Representatives vote to remove him from the speakership? You can't you can't have it both ways, right? You can't believe that Kevin McCarthy is a secret ally of the Democrats while, while simultaneously the Democrats are voting to kick him out. They're obviously afraid of a great many things that, the, that Kevin McCarthy was doing. And again, I'm not defending him. He doesn't need me to defend him. I don't even like talking about this stuff. I like Jim Jordan. I want a more conservative speaker. But these are facts that you need to know. I hate all politicians. In fact, one of my main campaign promises on the campaign trail is that I believe in term limits. I'm not going to be a career politician. In fact, I'm going to go to Washington for Washington for a few years, You know, hit the reset button on everything, come back to Western Pennsylvania, which is where I'm from, buy a farm and never talk to anybody again. You know, My mission is to represent the people and to be there for the people. So I hate it that I have to say this stuff about Kevin McCarthy, but this, these are the facts. So Kevin McCarthy's gone. It's done. It's over with. But I'll give you my perspective on Speaker of the House. And it's one that I think will resonate with you all because we all want the most conservative Speaker of the House as, as can possibly be. But I would put forth to you and I would offer this. If you don't like it, it's cool. But do you not want a, a swamp killer as Speaker of the House? Someone that knows and understands the swamp better than anybody else. Someone that knows where all the bodies are buried. Somebody that knows how Washington works. Somebody that knows how to use the system to destroy the Democrats. Because look, as all this chaos is going on, our House of Representatives is paralyzed. The Republicans are fractured. Do you know who's united waiting to pick up the pieces and reshape it in their image? The Democrats are. And the Democrats, I've told you, they're existential threat to this country, but they're they're they will reshape whatever the, the House of Representatives is in the future in their image moving forward. We have to be so careful of that. And the reason why, if you have a great congressman, a representative, man or woman in your district. And this is a national show. But if you have somebody that you love and you think is phenomenal, do you really like, for example, would you want that person to be Speaker of the House? You'd never see them again in your district. They would functionally become a member of the swamp. It's very difficult for them to even leave Washington. And when they do, they're traveling all around the country to every other member, Republican member of Congress to try to raise the money. This is why on at least the Republican side of the House, the speakership is one of the most thankless jobs that no Republican wants. You know, John, John Boehner resigned, if you remember all the way back then. Paul Ryan, I can't stand Paul Ryan, but he stepped into the job begrudgingly. You know, Republicans, by and large, don't want the speaker job because in six months, regardless of who it is, they're going to be called a rhino eventually because Democrats are going to have to vote for their bills. So I'm just saying, maybe it makes sense to find a, a, a swamp creature who's used to D.C. that 
understands the mission that is to dismantle and destroy the Democrat Party, make sure that they can never gain power again. And and that's the key, right, is finding somebody who is sufficiently conservative for that role that can bring consensus. Again, for all the people like to talk on on McCarthy. And again, I'm not defending him. I, it makes me throw up in my mouth even thinking about defending him. OK, he doesn't need me to defend him, by the way. But for all the smack that we talk of McCarthy, he was able to at least get 217 votes. I mean, you see, this goes back to my philosophy. And again, I've explained this before when I'm when I'm hosting radio and I've explained it, I think, one, one, a couple of times on this show. But if you're new to the show, this is my this is how I view the two parties. Right. And this is why, by and large, for Republicans, the speakership is a thankless job. Right. But for Democrats, Democrats want it because they crave nothing but power and they're always unified. So Republicans are the party, the true party, as our founders intended of we the people. And what I mean by that is a member of Congress from Southern California versus if you compare a member of Congress from Southern California to Central New York, to Southern Florida, to Texas, those four locations, all of those Republicans would believe very different things because the needs of the people in those districts require different things. They have different needs, okay? But if you compared a Democrat representative from Southern California to New York, to Southern Florida, to Texas, all of them would believe the exact same thing and their voting record would be identical. Why? Because Democrats are not the party of we the people. Democrats are the party of they the people. They see you as a commodity, but their talking points are all passed down in a very hierarchical way. Four people in Washington determine the talking points of the Democrat Party. Those talking points are decided upon. Nancy Pelosi is one of those people. Chuck Schumer is one of those people, right? Now, Joe Biden's one of those people. Well, probably not Joe Biden because we all know that he's a mouth-breathing animated corpse, which, by the way, I realize that corpses don't often breathe. But if this corpse did breathe, he'd breathe through his mouth. But what I'm saying is, is that Democrats, they pass down their talking points to their members of Congress, folks in the Senate, and to their allies in the media, and then they bang the same drum over and over and over again. Republicans are the party of they the people, or Republicans, correction, are the party of we the people. Democrats are the party of they the people. And this is why no Republican wants the job of speaker. Because it's like herding cats anytime you're trying to build consensus. Kevin McCarthy had 217 votes. He could be elected speaker. But even a guy like Jim Jordan, who is wildly popular, has been taking the fight to the Democrats on the House Judiciary Committee for damn near 10 years with some of the best questions I've ever seen. Even a guy like Jim Jordan can't get to 217. Hakeem Jeffries is getting more votes for Speaker of the House than Kevin McCarthy is right now. Now, look, there's going to be another vote on the House floor uh, in, in a few minutes. I hope, like hell, Jim Jordan's the guy. But I'm telling you, I'm scared out of my mind that we're really going to get a rhino. Here's why. Eventually, with a war raging in Israel or on the brink of what could be a very, very, very dangerous conflict in Israel, for a lot of different reasons, and I'll get into that in a little bit. But eventually, you're going to have moderate members. Now, these aren't members that are as conservative as us, and they can't be, okay? Why? Because they represent swing districts, 
Okay, these are Republicans that managed to win in Democrat majority districts. Okay, if we end up primarying them with someone more conservative, they lose. You end up with a Democrat in that seat. That's not something that we want. But you have people at Republicans that managed to win districts like this all across the country. And those people are going to start saying, wait a second, okay, we can't just sit here and do nothing. We have to do something. We have to vote for someone. And so rather than get a conservative speaker, we're going to end up with the squish option, which I'm damn afraid of, some mouth-breathing rhino squish. Okay, I'm petrified of that one. And as of right now, I'd say that's the most likely course right now, because if Jim Jordan can't win on this second vote, it's only likely that he erodes support from there. Okay, this is just what I'm hearing from my contacts on Capitol Hill. I hate it as much as you do, but it's the truth. I think this the the, look, hey, if we're wrong, call me out tomorrow. Right. But we'll know more tomorrow. But I think the most likely course of action is eventually we get a squish. The most deadly course of action, we end up with Hakeem Jeffries, despite having a majority in the House of Representatives. And I think Brian Kilmeade, I've got a video here of Brian Kilmeade, who is a host of Fox and Friends um, uh, during the week. I, I happen to really like Brian Kilmeade. When Outlaw Platoon, my first book, came out, he did my very first interview back in 2012. He's a, he's a good guy. Um, a little bit of a traditional conservative, d- very different from me in, in so far as like I have, I'm a very, you know, America first populist Republican. As, as many of you all know, like I'm all completely on board with Trump. Um, Kilmeade's a little bit more traditional than that. But Kilm, there's a video of Brian Kilmeade who was caught on hot mic during the first speaker vote when Don Bacon voted for uh, Kevin McCarthy instead of Jim Jordan. And I think that this adequately describes how we all feel. Uh, let's go ahead and roll that tape. Jordan. Auchincloss. Jeffries. Babin. Jordan. Bacon. McCarthy. McCarthy. Dumbass. You probably caught it on a hot mic calling a representative Don Bacon to the Speaker of the House a dumbass for voting for Kevin McCarthy. Here's the thing like, Kevin McCarthy. He's out. He's gone. He's yesterday's news. It doesn't matter. Do you know who Kevin McCarthy endorsed? He endorsed Jim Jordan. So if you find yourself as a member of Congress on the House floor still voting for Kevin McCarthy, despite Kevin McCarthy telling you to vote for Jim Jordan, I think you might need to have your head examined. It just just came through from Commander Melanie. She's texting me right now. I told her to keep an eye on this second vote. And I'm telling you, I'm afraid that the longer this drags on, the more likely the squish option becomes a thing. But this is just breaking from uh, Jake Sherman from Punchbowl. No more votes tonight. Jim Jordan will try on the floor again tomorrow. So so Mike Kelly, a lot of you all were talking to me about Mike Kelly in the chat. I love Mike Kelly. He has been a mentor of mine for 10 years. Try to give you a sense of, of what's going on with how some of these Republicans feel about um, not voting for Jim Jordan in a second. So hang on just for a second, because I got to do one of my ad reads here in my was, again, as Rush Limbaugh said, nicotine stained fingers, but I need my thing. So if you're in the chat, help me come up with my thing. Obviously, I don't smoke, okay, but something, something I'm holding here in my hands 
an ad read for American Alternative Assets. They're a title sponsor for Red Voice Media. Uh, listen up, folks. Bidenomics is not working. We all know that. Joe Biden sucks. The U.S. dollar is losing value in your hard-earned assets and hard-earned savings are at risk. You can now act before it's too late with one straightforward, entirely legal tap, tax loophole. Contact my friends at American Alternative Assets for a free wealth protection guide. Learn how to safeguard your wealth from a failing dollar in volatile markets with gold and silver IRAs. Dial 833-2-USA-GOLD. That's 833-287-2465. Or visit Protect for Biden protectfrombiden.com. And of course, that's appropriate because yes, Biden does suck and he is a national security threat. Uh, this invaluable guide will outline the precise steps you need to take immediately to transfer your IRA or 401k into precious metals, all without any tax consequence consequences. So call 833, the number two USA gold. That's 833-287-2465 or visit protectfrombiden.com because Joe Biden sucks. And you know what? It is actually good to have precious metals as part. I'm not an investor, okay? But you see what they're doing with our dollar, like printing us in, putting the dollar into obscurity. It's actually kind of ridiculous. This might be a smart thing for you to look into. Um, but okay, so I'll give you a sense of some, how these Republicans feel who are no votes on Jim Jordan. They might, I know, and I've been told that Mike Kelly very well could change his vote on the second vote moving forward. Okay, I know this for a fact. Um, but this is how these, this is how these, People feel. And I can tell you about Mike Kelly. He is a traditionalist insofar as how he views the institution of the U.S. House of Representatives. He sees someone like Steve Scalise, who you have the, 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 the chain of command, as it were, was Speaker McCarthy at the top, uh, Majority Leader Scalise. Mike Kelly sees Scalise as the, the next in the chain of command to ascend to the speakership. I, I haven't heard from him directly, but I've heard from sources. That that's why he supports him, because he supports the institution of the House. I don't know whether or not that's a good enough answer for you all. Um, again, if 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 I'm if I'm sitting in, in the U.S. House of Representatives, I'm voting for Jim Jordan. But here's what I'll tell you. Some of these people that are no votes, this is how they feel. And I know this because I've talked to some of them thinking, like, what the hell is going on? What are you thinking? What's going what Why? They see it as you have 96% of the Republicans in the U.S. House of Representatives. And if you're looking at 96% of Republicans in the U.S. House of Representatives, they represent 96% of Republican constituency, the Republican constituency in the country nationwide. And you have a very, 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 very small majority, 4% calling the shots. And they don't like the precedent that it sets that 4% call, calling the shots over the 96% consensus. I mean, they see their job as doing the most conservative thing for the most Republicans as humanly possible. So like it, don't like it, like don't don't kill the messenger. I'm just making sure you have all the facts um, because you got to have all the facts when when you're trying to evaluate this stuff. You got to know how some of this politics stuff is behind closed doors. Um and that just is what it is. All right. So I want to move on. Um, let's hope and let's pray tonight that, that these 20 members of the U.S. House of Representatives who voted no for Jim Jordan get on board and vote for him tomorrow because the Republican Party would be really, really great to control the one legislative body that Republicans have a majority in. And it would be hella good for Jim Jordan to be the Speaker of the House because he is a conservative warrior. So let's say our prayers tonight, make sure that people are voting for Jim Jordan tomorrow. Keep calling your representative, because I'll tell you, talking to these folks in, in, in D.C., talking to these members of Congress, they're telling me that they've never seen anything like this in terms of, of 
calls from the grassroots in support of Jim Jordan. They're melting the phone lines. So keep doing that. They notice that stuff. It works. And so let's pray for Jim Jordan tomorrow. Let's hope he has the votes necessary to win. But in the meantime, let's pray away. Um, I want to touch quickly on uh, Chutkin issuing the gag order in the Trump D.C. case. I, I only I didn't really have the order. Um, I didn't have the order. Judge Chutkin hadn't written uh, the order to begin with, but she had I've, I've got an image of it. I don't know if we have it. If we don't, it's OK. But Judge Chutkin basically issued um, the order. Oh, there it is right there. Oh, man, you guys are doing great. Uh, but you'll see right there. All interested parties in the matter, including parties and their counsel, are prohibited from making any public statements or directing others to make any public statements that target, one, the special counsel prosecuting this case or his staff, or two, the defense the defense counsel and their staff, or any of this court staff or other supporting personnel, any, any reasonably foreseeable witness or substance of their testimony. But here's the kicker. Then this is from Julie Kelly. She says it, it's... He's Jack Smith is calling on surrogates to be gagged as well. So even Trump's staff, his spokesperson, his advisors, anyone that's tied to Trump in any way is not allowed. Ah, look at that right there. There's Julie Kelly's tweet right there. Amazing. Uh, Anybody that's tied to Trump in any way, this commie mouth breathing judge and this beady eyed little freak of a prosecutor, Jack Smith, saying that no one is allowed to criticize it. No one's allowed to criticize his methods. The reason why this is so egregious, and Trump has since said that, that he's going to appeal this because he absolutely should appeal this. But the reason why this is just so uh, egregious is because Jack Smith has a long record of politically targeting and prosecuting opponents through lawfare in the courtroom. This is well documented. Jack Smith in his office in the Department of Justice are leaking things to the media like a sieve on the daily and creating an un, an, a, an unlevel playing field. The idea that much of what happens in that courtroom and much of the outcome, the success of Trump's outcome in that courtroom is based on the court of public opinion, narratives shaped in the media. Why is that the case? Because judges, especially judges inside the beltway of Washington, D.C., that suffer from beltway brain and groupthink with Republicans and Democrats and K Street lobbyists and staffers and all those deep state folks down in D.C., they all watch the news as well. They all think the same way. I can guarantee you in Judge Chutkin's office right now, either CNN is playing or MSNBC is playing. And what's going to happen is Jack Smith is going to leak things to those media outlets. Those media outlets are going to shake public sentiment. The jurors will watch once they're selected, will watch that very same media, because, again, they'll be selected from a D.C. jury pool that all has beltway brain. And so they created a scenario where they can shape public sentiment, thereby shaping the minds of these judges and jurors who would be selected on the jury pool. So that by the time Trump actually get in, gets into a trial, there's no way in hell he's going to have a fair trial because, of course, he wouldn't. It's D.C. It's like 95 percent Democrat anyway. But if you think that that the deck wasn't sacked against him enough. Now, Trump's not even or his surrogates or his staff or his advisors or anybody tied to Trump. What Chutkin is saying is they're not allowed to question Jack Smith's mess uh, methods either. 
without violating this gag order. <laughs> Basically, this judge, who, by the way, is foreign born, raised by a bunch of commie mouth breeders, too, by the way, that's a fact. Don't trust me. Look it up. Verify it for yourself. But Chutkin is, is, is not born in America, and she just gagged and prohibited a former president of the United States for exercising his First Amendment rights. Not just that, staff, advisors, surrogates as well. So this has to be, this has to be appeal. I mean, it's it's absolutely it's it's absolutely an affront to the U.S. Constitution that it's even happening in the first place. And for all these folks that are out there saying that Trump can't win, oh, there's no way he can win, especially Republicans, you know, who are backing. I'm not look. It's a primary. Back who you want. Again, you know where I stand. You know I back President Trump. But the people that are saying that he can't win, the dude's up by like 50, 60 points in the primary. There's a poll that just came out the other day, and we're going to get into this tomorrow with uh, the People's Pundit, Rich Barris, and do a deep dive on some of this polling. Even with Robert Kennedy on the ticket, yes, the answer is I think Rich Barris would say that Robert Kennedy hurts Trump uh, more than he actually hurts Biden, but he siphons enough away from Biden where Trump is now winning in the vast majority of swing states in this country. The reason why they are trying to do this to Trump, and I I don't think, just all cards on the table, I don't think that Trump is going to win that case in D.C. I think he's going to get convicted. And I don't know what that looks like going into a presidential election. What I do know is that every single time he's been indicted and every time they've turned up the heat on these political persecutions, Trump has gotten more popular. Because I think you have look at look at the even just look at the look at black voters are 100 percent black voters going to vote for President Trump, 75 percent, even 60 percent. No, they're not. But if Trump gets 20 percent, if he gets 25 percent, it's game over. The Democrats know that and they're petrified. So they have to do BS like this through beady eyed little freak mouth breathing prosecutors like Jack Smith and commie mouth-breathing judges like Chutkin in D.C. to try to hinder him from winning this race in other ways. It's just the facts. If, if they thought that he was going to fade into obscurity, that there's no way in hell he was going to win, they wouldn't be pulling out all the stops to do this to him now. And I've said since my very first show, if you think that they stop at Trump and they throw Trump in jail and then they stop, these tyrants and these authoritarians rarely use this power once. Now, of course, we all know they're going after Trump and his allies as well. But don't forget about this Newsweek article that came out a couple of weeks ago when I was down and out from surgery, where they the, the, the FBI is labeling MAGA, America first, America first folks, basically domestic terrorists and are investigating them in the lead up to an election. Which perhaps probably it's probably a big reason why of why they didn't see this attack in Israel coming. Because our intelligence community was focused on conservatives, American patriots who love the Constitution, moms who don't like school board curriculum, who are now domestic terrorists who wear yoga pants and ponytails, <laughs> drive minivans, all because they care about their children and the future of this country. Or maybe you're a pro-lifer that's protesting outside an abortion clinic. Of course, you're a domestic terrorist too. When the collective eyes of our intelligence community are focused on the, op the opposing political party or the number one political opponent and his supporters, bad things happen here domestically and bad things happen globally. 
And you can't discount that that didn't have something to do for our intelligence community. Maybe they even knew about it. They swept it under the rug because they saw all of us as a greater threat. I mean, the FBI director actually said this. Go throw it in. Go throw in domestic extremists, ISIS, and Google when Christopher Ray. See what you come up with. He literally said that domestic extremists, anti-government, small government, basically code words for conservatives are, are on par with ISIS. That's almost a direct quote. Almost. I mean, go look it up, look up, find the video for yourself. He absolutely said it. The director of FBI. This is the world that we live in, folks. So they are not going to stop with President Trump. They are coming for you next. But you cannot be afraid. Because we can change this. We can steer the ship. We can steer the ship to more steady waters. Trust me when I tell you. Like, evil is showing itself all over the world right now. The last thing that we can afford to do is go silent in the face of it. Silent in the face of evil is evil itself. The best thing that you can do is stand there unafraid and say, stand up for what you believe in. Don't back down. Fight back. And that's so much about what's going on in Israel right now. And so I ended the show yesterday and ended a little bit early, and that's totally on me. That's my fault, where I was going through of, of, of talking about specifically the conflict in, in Israel and the terror, the horrific terrorist attack conducted by Hamas on Israel, how evil it was. I had a list of things of what we as Americans and what our country can do right now uh, to, to get to help Israel as much as humanly possible defeat this, to defeat this evil. And, and, you know, the first of which is freeze aid to all the Palestinians. I mean, seriously, like that's a no brainer. It's common sense. But I guess common sense in this day and age is just not that common. Um, cancel the transfer of the six billion dollars uh, and vigorously enforce all the sanctions on Iran. OK, I mean, if you look at under Trump, uh, Trump killed Soleimani. No war. I think Iran was enriching four percent uranium under President Trump. No war uh, like Trump threatened Iran time and time again had the Iranian leadership scaredless, uh, no war. But now under Biden, we're back in the Iranian nuclear deal. Iran's enriching 60% uranium. They just cleared, they fund Hezbollah to attack Israel. They just clearly funded Hamas. I told you why yesterday. Try to make it as clear as humanly possible. That Iran knew exactly what Hamas was doing. Uh, they funded, they knew about, they planned the attack with Hamas. They're responsible for this as well. Um, why, are they, why are we still giving them $6 billion? Why? We shouldn't. We should. We should cut it off. Um, what else? Uh, we got demand that I've uh, got demand that uh, Qatar extradite Hamas leadership it hosts in Doha. I mean, really, why is Hamas the, the leadership in Hamas staying in five star hotels in Qatar? Why had why have an American leadership demanded them be extradited so they could face justice for murdering Americans, not just Americans but Israeli as well? But they killed thirty plus Americans in this attack as well. Promise that the administration won't pressure Israel. I told you yesterday that in order for Israel to be successful, one, they have to have the military capability to defeat Hamas. They've got that, right? They're not asking for American support. They don't want American boots on the ground. They've got this. But what they do need is the time, the space, and the tactical flexibility to defeat, destroy, and eradicate their enemy. And I'll tell you another thing. Republicans have got to get better about how they talk about what's, what's going on in Israel. It is not enough to say that Israel has a right to defend itself, okay? Because the left is twisting that. 
and they're coming out with things, oh, we're talking about a ceasefire or what they call a proportional response, okay? It's not about Israel firing a couple of rockets back into Gaza and targeting Hamas tar targets and being done with it. That's Israel defending itself. What Israel needs to do is eradicate Hamas from the face of the planet, destroy Hamas, destroy the evil. Otherwise, the cycle of violence will perpetuate for another generation and more innocent people will die. Israel is not allowed to do that. It is getting international pressure to stop any advances. And by the way, that's exactly what's happening now. Stay tuned and I'll explain it to you why. Uh, they're not going to be successful. And that's my fear that, that the Biden administration is slow walking an invasion and giving Hamas the time, the space that they need to survive. It's sickening. How it's not treason, I don't know, but it's just sickening. Uh, pledge that the U.S. will keep the IDF supplied with arms as it needs to defeat the enemies, but maintaining our defense supply and capability has to be our primary concern. We've got to rescue American hostages. No, that does not mean American boots on the ground, but we are responsible for getting our people out. Mission should be very clear, concise, search, rescue, grab Americans, get them home, diddy mal out of out of Israel and let Israel fight the fight. Here's when it got cut off. Yes, show got cut off yesterday when I was explaining this. But if you're an Ameri if, if you're at an American college being educated here in America and you're on a student visa and you're out there applauding Hamas for the massacre in Israel, we should immediately revoke the visa, revoke that visa and deport you. You don't belong in this country. Get the hell out. Uh, we need to secure our border immediately. I'll explain why later in the show. But there are terrorists, definitely terrorists among the six million people. Uh, illegals uh, that Biden has let in should have secured the border yesterday. It's a massive, massive, massive national security threat. Got to restore U.S. energy independence because you can bet that Iran and OPEC are going to leverage the Strait of Hormuz should this conflict escalate. That will cause oil prices in our country to go gangbusters through the roof. That will hurt our economy even more. There's no reason to let this happen when we have all the resources here at our fingertips to prevent it from happening. So let's get back to being energy independent. Let's drill in this country. Let's prevent our enemies from hitting our economy in the worst possible way. Not just our economy, right? We're a nation of people who live in this economy. Once Iran and OPEC close the Strait to Hormuz, you're the one that's going to be affected. Why hasn't Biden advocated for this? Why hasn't anyone in the Biden administration anticipated this? Okay, any nation that's supporting Hamas or Haran, any nation, they got to be cut off completely from USAID. Start with Qatar, who's actually housing Hamas terrorists in five-star hotels. Here's the last thing, okay? And this is very, very important. Not one single refugee from Gaza should come to the United States. It's time for other nations in the Middle East to step up and do their part. I am sick and tired of allowing people into this country that hate this freaking country. And what happens, I'll get into this later because I'm supposed to talk about this a little bit later, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move on. I'll talk to you about the immigration thing in a second, but I'm tired of letting people into this country that hate this country. Uh, before I get to the next part, I'm going to talk about Biden purposely delaying uh, the IDF invasion of Gaza, but I want to talk about brave books for a second. Um, 
you know, one of the best gifts we can give our children. And we talk about this all the time in the program is making sure our children inherit an America that's rich and free with opportunity um, is understanding and the appreciation of freedom and patriotism, teaching your kids that stuff. And what better way to do that through compelling stories that resonate with our core values as, as traditional conservative Americans. This is where the Freedom Island Book Club steps in, steps in, presented by Brave Books. This book club is not just any book club. It's a treasure trove of stories that teach our young ones about the beauty of liberty the perseverance that built our great nation and the very values that it make America so special. So every single month they select an age-appropriate title ensuring our kids get the very best literature that aligns with the patriotic values we cherish. And that's good because sometimes they can go to the library and get this LGBTQ, LMNOP porn stuff that none of us really support. None of us really want in our schools. So this Brave Books is kind of cool stuff. And it's not just about reading. It's about discussions, activities, and truly bonding over these shared values. Can you imagine the conversations at the dinner table? Real change in this country happens around the dinner table. Parents, it's time we turn off those screens for a while and immerse ourselves in kids' tales of bravery, freedom, and the American spirit. And I have some great news for you. If you head over to kidsfreedombooks.com and use the promo code RVM, you'll get 15% off. How cool is that? Investing in our children's Minds is one of the greatest gifts that we can offer. Let them embark on a journey of discovery with Freedom Island Book Club. Believe me, the stories they'll read today will shape the patriots they become tomorrow. So be sure to go to kidsfreedombooks.com and use the promo code RVM to get 15% off. It sounds like a pretty damn cool thing. I got five kids here. So um, that sounds pretty awesome. Uh, and I say oftentimes on this program that we have to invest in our children. They're the future. They're the ones that are going to change this country for the better. Um, all right. So let me get back to this. Biden purposefully delaying the IDF invasion of Gaza. I'm telling you, folks, it's 100 percent happening. Remember what Joe Biden, he went on 60 Minutes. And in fact, 60 Minutes, when I first started watching that episode, uh, Scott Pelley was like, Joe Biden uh, is a is a man that's very, very busy, and he fit us into his tight schedule on Sunday just because of the importance of the Israeli conflict. And But if you go to the White House website and you look at the White House website, Joe Biden only had two things on his calendar that day, one thing scheduled at 10 a.m., one thing scheduled at 4.30. So he clearly didn't have a busy schedule. The guy's been on vacation more than any American president in the history of our country. So isn't it ridiculous that CNN it's already like doing the legwork and, and shaping the way that, you know, independent Americans say or people who are watching the show perceive Joe Biden. It's pathetic. It's a joke. They're corporate media. They're fake news. Uh, and this 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 interview with Joe Biden was sickening on so many different levels. But Joe Biden gave you a sense of what he believed the best outcome in Gaza and in, in the Hamas-Israel conflict could be. And he said right off the top that Israeli occupation of Gaza would be a big mistake. And I've got video of it, and I want you to watch his own words for yourself. Check this out. Would you support the Israeli occupation of Gaza at this point? I think it'd be a big mistake. Look, what happened in Gaza, in my view, is... Hamas and the extreme elements of Hamas don't represent all the Palestinian people. And uh, I think that uh, it would be a mistake to, uh, for Israel to occupy Gaza again. We did, but to going in and taking out the, uh, the extremists, the uh, Hezbollah, is up north, but Hamas down south is a necessary requirement. 
First of all, what the hell is the guy even talking about? I barely understand what the hell he's even saying. But he said right there that an occupation of Gaza would be a big mistake. Folks, I'm telling you right now, I told you yesterday that Israel needed the time, space, and flexibility, not just to defend itself, but to destroy and eradicate Hamas, which means they need the support of the United States of America to say, go get it done. Again, Israel is not asking for American troops on the ground, folks. They're not, okay? In fact, it's very important for Israel's geopolitical legitimacy in the region to not have American boots on the ground. Why? Because they're trying to normalize relationships with Saudi Arabia and other Middle East nations, which is something that Iran and Hamas and the Palestinians do not want. If Americans are on the ground in their region, it's going to make them look like a puppet of America. Israel does not want that. The IDF is wholly capable and not asking for our help. Boots on the ground. And anyway, we shouldn't send boots on the ground to Israel either, but they're not asking for our help there. So it's just something to keep in mind. But so after the horrific attack in Israel that killed 1,400 people, and again, calling it attack does not do it. Uh, uh, it doesn't actually a grave disservice because it was a massacre of unarmed men, women, children, the elderly. Holocaust survivors were mocked, murdered. Women were raped and paraded through the street like trophies. Children were murdered in front of their parents. Wives were raped in front of their husband. Babies were decapitated. All of it filmed every single day. More horrific video comes out about this every single day. I've seen it all firsthand in Afghanistan. I've seen what they're capable of. I used to say that I fought so that other Americans wouldn't have to, so that my children wouldn't have to see these horrors. But I see now that that might be a naive way to look at things back when I was in my 20s. Because the reality is evil does exist in the world, and it's the responsibility, the duty, and the obligation of good to eradicate it. And right now, the Biden administration is prohibiting Israel from doing that because in the wake of that horrific terrorist attack, Israel is like, we've had enough. We've offered a two-state solution to Hamas many times. They've spurned each olive branch that we've extended. We're done with the two-state solution. We're, kill- we're finding, hunting down, and killing Hamas. We're done with it. And but can me also just say this for a second? Just because you say you want a country doesn't mean you're entitled to a country. I mean, if you're asking, hey, you know, Mr. Hamas, governing authority and Palestinian authority here in in Gaza, what exactly is the first mission of your country? Oh, wait, what's that? It's to eradicate and commit genocide against the country next to you. And then the second rule in your charter is to do the same thing. You have no other mission but to kill and eradicate all Jews, destroy the country, innocent civilians, men, women, and children. Maybe you don't deserve a country if that's your perspective. I would say, hell no, you don't deserve a country if that's your perspective. So Israel's done with this. They made their intentions clear. We're wiping out Hamas, come hell or high water. And what the Biden administration do? They started slow walking the invasion. They started saying, wait, 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 hold up, brief us on your plans, or well, 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 we're not going to give you this military aid, never mind the fact that it was already appropriated in last year's budget, we're not going to give you this aid unless you like loop us in your plans. And they delayed the invasion, 
and they delayed the invasion, and they delayed the invasion again. So now, no, not a single member of the IDF has entered Gaza. I've got a video here. I want you to have a look at this video, knowing that a 3,000-man army is about to go in there as the IDF, okay? Check out this video here. Put it, Let's get that video up on the screen if we have it. We have it. It's developing right now as we speak, but the Palestinian Health Ministry is saying a hospital in Gaza City in the northern end of Gaza has taken a direct hit from an Israeli airstrike. They are saying hundreds, at minimum 300 people, have been... Yeah, not that bad. It's the wrong video. Apologies for that. Um, but we have a video somewhere of 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 the actual devastation of Gaza, and I'll just explain it to you. It's, it's, it's a hellhole, okay? You have... You have videos of buildings that are just complete rubble. If you're a veteran looking at that video and you're and you're looking at it from a military standpoint, you're saying, okay, yeah, check it out. There it is right there. So look at that. Have a close look. That is, you're going to see every second that goes by that Israel does not go in there is going to be another second that Hamas is booby-trapping that area and placing snipers and placing complex ambushes, doing everything they can to make that hell on earth for the IDF. And every single day that goes by, every second that, that that's delayed, Israeli soldiers are going to die. Because here's when you're planning an operation like this militarily, the way that you do it, and I've done it many, many times in Afghanistan, you want to make sure that when you're doing a bombing campaign and what they call an indirect fire campaign, you start with your large munitions first, right? So you bomb, like say, for example, we were going to go back and, and hit a target in eastern Afghanistan. We'd bomb it with airplanes first. And I'm just using civilian jargon here. Bomb it with airplanes first. And then the moment that the bombing was done with the airplanes, we'd hit it with artillery, right? And the moment that our big guns uh, fell silent, I out in the field would hit it with my mortars and keep in mind we're moving all the time underneath that fire and we're slowly diminishing the caliber of the rounds the closer we get to the ambush line and then by the time that last mortar round falls that last indirect fire round falls infantry is hitting the objective and the goal once you get on the objective might sound a little bit crass so forgive me but it's just to kick boots it's not to have a fair fight it's not to have a proportional response. It's to win and to save lives. And so the object, and the reason why we do this is you don't want to give your enemy not even a second to breathe. You don't want to give them a second to prepare. The moment that those bombs start falling, you're on the objective. The moment that you cease fire, you're on the objective. Boots on the ground, going after the enemy, hunting them down. Israel was poised to do just that. They had bombed the hell out of Hamas targets. They were gravely weakened. They were ready and poised right on the border to go in a ground invasion, which would have saved thousands and thousands of Israeli lives. But the Biden administration deliberately slowed it all down. The whole reason why Biden is going to Israel is not because he's some great negotiator. That mouth breather is an animated corpse. He doesn't even know that he's in a country called Israel. Doesn't know where the hell he is half the time. He's going there to delay the invasion because that's what he wants. And here's the thing. If he, he's already achieved his objective, if Israel goes into, into Gaza now, what, what Israel can expect from this point forward is a minimum. I'm telling you this. This is just from U.S. military doctrine, okay? This is just the way that we, we're trained to fight. And mil what they call mil mount, military operations on urban terrain, 
at least between 33% and 66% casualty rate now going into there. And Biden is responsible for this. And so Biden, in that very same 60 Minutes interview, he was asked, you know, what is your message? we got a video of this. He was asked, what's your message to Hezbollah and its backer, Iran? And here's before we play it. Scott Pelley is just he's just so disgusting on so many levels. And I, I back in the day, I used to have respect for this guy. But but just just watch this video of how Biden responds to this question. Go ahead and, go ahead and roll this tape. There's limited fighting already on the northern Israeli border, and I wonder what is your message to Hezbollah and its backer, Iran? Don't. Don't, don't, don't. Don't come across the border. Don't escalate this war. That's right. Don't come across the border. Don't escalate this war. Scott Pelley, if you're an objective journalist, I think the question there should probably be, don't don't what mr president what don't you want iran to do here carrying water for biden man you're 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 shaping u.s policy through putting words in the president of the united states' mouth because he can't speak coherently on his own absolutely ridiculous and the news that broke today uh, it's the video that we initially had up there of Israel hitting uh, of, of, of a hospital in Gaza going up in flames and 500 people dead. And here's the crazy thing about it. Almost universally, almost every member of the, of, of the media and the Democrat Party condemned Israel for this act. The, the Washington Post, Israel-Gaza war, hundreds feared killed in Gaza uh, on strike on Gaza hospital, Palestinian authorities say. CNN, Palestinian Health Ministry says 200 to 300 people may have been killed in Israeli strike on hospital in Gaza. The Associated Press, the Gaza Health Ministry says at least 500 people killed in an explosion at a hospital said it was caused by an Israeli airstrike. The New York Times, an Israeli airstrike hit a Gaza hospital on Tuesday, killing at least 200 Palestinians. Here's the here's the thing, folks. It wasn't it was not an Israeli airstrike that did it. Bibi Netanyahu just came out. An analysis of the IDF operational systems indicate that a barrage of rockets was fired by terrorists in Gaza, passing in close proximity of the Al-Ali hospital in Gaza at the time it was hit. Intelligence from multiple sources we have in our hands indicate that Islamic Jihad is responsible for the failed rocket launch attack, which hit the hospital in Gaza. Now, isn't it just so interesting? Isn't it just so, so interesting that our media... And uh, at the exact same time that people like Rashida Tlaib and Elon Omar came out and blamed Israel for a hospital, uh, for hitting a hospital with an airstrike that killed 500 people. Isn't it interesting that all these media types and all these Democrats immediately had their story within seconds of that happening to spin it all the same way? Jeez, it's almost like, you know, our corporate media and the Democrats in Washington have a pro-Hamas agenda and want to and want to stop Israeli victory. Seems certainly seems like that, right? And so here's here are the facts. The rockets were being sent towards Israel by Hamas at the same time the Gaza bombing happened. Hamas bragged about them being the most robust weapons yet. Here's the deal. 30% of Hamas rockets fall short and Hamas falsely counts casualties as deaths perpetrated by the FBI, uh, by the IDF. This is Insurgent 101. This is Propaganda 101. 
This is what they want the useful idiots, Democrats in Congress, and the useful idiots here in this country to believe that Israel has some vested interest in going after civilians. They don't. And what's interesting, and we have the video, I don't know that we have the time, uh, but in the video that we that we erroneously played earlier um, was an MSNBC journalist talking about taking, he's basically using Hamas's language, describing this airstrike, uh, airstrike on um in a quote unquote Israeli airstrike in a hospital. Really, of course, it wasn't an Israeli airstrike on a hospital. It was from Islamic Jihad. It was actually a, a rocket that fell short. But he used the language massacre. Uh, the pa Palestinian Authority and Hamas are saying that this is a massacre. Why? Because all on the Sunday shows, Democrats in Congress, including AOC and their allies in the media, talked about a proportional response. Well, so if they call it a massacre, well, look, Hamas massacred a bunch of Israelis. Yeah, it was evil. But look, now they massacred a hospital. So we should just stop all this and just implement a ceasefire right away. Because that, that right, that's clearly what they're trying to do. Meanwhile, it was Hamas or Islamic Jihad that actually perpetrated the attack in the first place. And so I'll leave you with this. We got to roll here soon. Um, but Israel has asked for the United States for $10 billion in emergency aid. Uh, this comes on the heels of Biden unfreezing $6 billion for Iran and sent Hamas hundreds of billions of dollars. Folks, you, we the people, our taxpayer dollars are now funding both sides of this war. Are you okay with that? Are you okay with your taxpayer dollars funding Iran, the number one exporter of global terrorism in the world, or Hamas, which conducted one of the most horrific massacres in the last 25 years on civilians? Are you comfortable with your taxpayer dollars funding that stuff? I sure as hell am not. And I know that you all aren't happy with it either. And so tomorrow, I'm going to talk about the Holocaust. And I've, also, I've, I've often wondered about how something as horrific as the Holocaust can happen. We'll get into that and so much more on, on the show tomorrow. But if you've made it through this hour, and whether you're with, I'll say it again, make sure you like this video, rumble, rumble notices. The more rumble notices, the more advertisers we get, the more advertisers we get, we can do a better studio. We can bring you more quality content. If you're watching on Red Voice Media, on their rumble platform, come over here to Battleground Live and subscribe to this show. And if you're part of Parnell's platoon here on Battleground Live on Rumble, go like Red Voice Media and subscribe to their stuff as well, because they have one hell of an alternative conservative conservative lineup that starts 24 hours a day. I think Monday through Thursday, they got Friday shows, they got Saturday, Sunday shows as well. They're amazing. Uh, as usual, thanks to the Wendy Bell Radio Army uh, for being a part of this show. None of this would be possible without the great Wendy Bell and, of course, producer extraordinaire Brock. Um, but as usual... Thank you all for tuning into the show. You got the insider scoop on the battle for the Speaker of the House. You got the insider scoop on Biden slow walking the IDF in, uh, invasion of Gaza and why we shouldn't tolerate our taxpayer dollars supporting terrorist organizations like Hamas. Tomorrow we have one hell of a show. Make sure you tune in. But as usual, God bless you all and God bless this exceptional nation that we call home. See you tomorrow night.
Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. All-inclusive vacations make life easy with endless eats, bottomless drinks, and never-ending fun. So booking an all-inclusive vacation should be easy too, right? That's where Apple Vacations comes in. Book your all-inclusive getaway with Apple Vacations and receive exclusive perks at select resorts. You'll find the best deals at Ryu Hotels and Resorts in Mexico, the Caribbean, and Central America. And enjoy a selection of exclusive nonstop vacation flights. Turn on easy mode at applevacations.com or call your local travel advisor to get started. Visit applevacations.com or call your local travel advisor to get started. Nobody wants to outlive their money, but it happens, especially for women. That's why Gainbridge offers the Parity Flex annuity, designed for women's unique retirement needs, with flexible withdrawals plus a guaranteed lifetime income benefit that keeps paying you even if your account balance is zero. Gainbridge is helping build a better financial future for women. Retirement income you can't outlive is the ultimate flex. Start saving now at Gainbridge.io. Visit Gainbridge.io slash ParityFlex for current rates, full product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important information.